Good morning, New Eden. Today is July 23rd, 2023, and this is the Federation Frontline Report. I'm your host, Frozen Fallout, and my co-host is Nightflyer. Hey, good morning, everybody. How's, uh, how's things been going for you out in the uh, simulated space of New Eden? Uh, doing pretty well. Um... So I'm still doing a little bit of industry stuff, a little PI stuff. Um, but I've had a chance, opportunity this week to get into Faction Warfare a little bit more. And then we wrapped up a contract with Noir um, down south. Yeah, that was a little fun. That was uh, over in the uh, Mimitar Amar Warzone area that we were in. We were contracted to go after mm-hmm. um, No Forks Given. That was uh, a lot of fun. Um, I got to first time I got to participate like to an okay amount. I went out a few times and was able to get some kills with the guys. Um, I know that uh, Gwenevic Kenyon, our uh, other co-host Samson, was out there uh, tearing it up in Amy, I believe it was called. Amy. Yeah, somewhere down there. Uh, we're about I don't know four to seven jumps from the Amar. Yeah, it was really nice to be like was right, nice, yeah. right next to the Amar Trade Hub. Um, even though I'm uh, a little flashy, but uh, you know I'm at uh, minus I think like three or four right now for my sex status. Um, I was still able to get over to Amar, grab a gnosis, and fly it back over. Um, and I know that Gwenevic uh, grabbed a whole bunch of ships and was able to move it on over um, for some gate camping and he loves his solo gate camping so he was able to hang out with the noir guys and really kind of have some good uh, sit downs and yeah we had some good fun he FC'd a a fleet that we were part of and I think I got in about like five kills they're all really kind of small stuff nothing too exciting but yeah we um, had some scuffles with no forks given uh, as well which was kind of fun and um, yeah that was a fun little contract. A lot of gate camping and low sex, so everybody had to go repair their sex status after the uh, contract was over. So, fun but yeah, time, I think though. yeah, I think overall it went really well. I thought uh, the numbers for the contract looked really good. Yeah, I think that um, we were like seventy or eighty uh, percent efficiency or something like that. Um, yeah, like was, Alec was, was saying. Yeah. Was, uh, I was listening to the. Uh, declaration of war podcast that goes out by uh, noir so and nightflyer thank you so much for that subscription always uh, always helps keep the uh, channel alive here um but yeah things are looking really good uh for that that was uh that was really awesome i know that uh alec was talking about how they uh they screwed up at the very beginning of the contract um they saw that there was like a a miner or something like that that was sitting there doing the minor things that was part of like no forks given or associated or something like that and so they were like oh yeah let's just drop a, a widow on this and we'll, we'll murder it and then uh ended up to be a trap by no forks given and we lost like a widow right at the very beginning of the contract yeah. and, and alec had to go uh afk for real world stuff for a trip he had planned over to the west coast so um, you know, but uh, I think that uh, oh, who was it? Uh, what was the name of the person that took over? Was doing really well. Um, shit. Uh, so Terminus or Ikeo? 
Aikyo, I think. Uh, um, I think it was Aikyo. Um, if I mess that up, Alec, go ahead and smack me, or you know, any of the noir guys. Sorry about that, but, but yeah. So I think that, uh, but yeah, while Alec was out, he was he really picked things up and was kicking ass, taking names, and really helped out with the contract, leading fleets and stuff like that. It was uh, you know, he said that things were going really good with that. So yeah, I hope the employer was happy with uh, you know the effort that we put in, and uh, seemed to be. But uh, yeah, I don't. Contract's over. We've moved on. Uh, we had a little blow up with somebody who wanted to take out some of our Pocos down in the area also. Yeah, I heard about that. Um, I was going so. to try and join for that, but I was off camping um, this weekend, so I wasn't able to join any of the weekend fund that, that happened. Um, I believe we yeah. saved everything, though, right? For my yeah, we actually, uh, I think Alec ended up handling everything political, but we uh, um, had contact with another group. Uh, people that were actually just looking for something to do. So they're friends of friends, and Alex like, hey, you want to come join us? So they actually hopped into a, uh, a fleet of... I can't remember what they had. Give me one sec. Uh, it's not coming to me off the top of my head. But... Uh... Anyway, they came in with a, a fleet of something that the guys just didn't want to mess with. And so uh, they're like, all right, so uh, I don't know. I don't think Noir was just getting into a war, and I think that's what it really would have turned into. So these guys just thought they'd kind of poke the bear. Alex said, no, you don't, probably don't want to do that. And then, uh, yeah, they're like, okay, you're right. We don't. Let's just not do this. Because it would have been a nice fight. It would have been a good fight. But mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, so today we're going to go ahead and take a look over the war zone here, uh, what's going on in faction warfare for the Galente Mimitar war zone. Um, we have uh, have some minor developments. Um, I think we kind of touched base uh, last month on this. Not much has really changed up in the war zone, um, but let's just kind of talk about uh, the first area here. So we've got Hadeles is uh currently the you know stronghold of hope for the galente and it is in rough rough shape uh keldari are at 77 percent advantage inside of the system 94.9 percent contested um so we're looking uh a little rough right now in that area um hey Deelis is there is some talk about maybe just letting it uh, flip on over so that we can reset that advantage that they have, turn it into a front line for the Galente. Um, but uh, the South is in a little bit of problems here. Um, they've also circumvented Hadeles and have moved on over to Indrigal, um, Mirathan, Momanuel, um, Lowe's, uh, you know, all the area down over here is all very contested by the Keldari. They have uh, controlled all of those systems, kind of skipped Hadeles and took over Indrigal and then kind of started moving down that way. Um, so the Keldari have been farming quite strongly in this area. Um, Devon has been holding out for them quite well. Uh, it's only, what, 27% contested at this point. 
Um, a boon is only 2.1% contested, uh, controlled by the Keldari. We did own that for a while. We did own uh, this uh, Onisikin for a little while, um, but that ended up getting switched over to the Keldari. Um, I know that I had some, some ambition of wanting to go taking over Nisawa here so we could get our old home and the Taurus taken back. Um, that didn't happen. Um, yeah, fighting has been kind of rough in, uh, in this area for the Galente. Um, I know that Sedition, though, up in the north here um, has been kicking ass with some other alliances um, and other groups of uh, Galente, and we finally have OICX back underneath our control. Um, we have you know, all of the uh, Athanon um, area back under our control. And there is, um, oh, I heard that this was not going to be a front line anymore. Somebody lied. Uh, but there is a patch that's supposed to be coming out to make it so that Athanon, because Athanon is currently a frontline system because there's a high sec gate that goes to Keldari space. Um, that's just, you know, a little ways away from Jidda, but that gate's shut down. So I've heard that, um, that that should get fixed at some point here because there really is no high sec connection anymore to Keldari space over there. Um, because since we own it, we've shut down the gate that the Keldari have. Um, but, uh, we own this entire pocket now, which is, uh, you know, this entire area here, Sedition has really been pushing to try and uh, keep the north a little bit more active and interesting. Uh, possibilities of it being a little bit more, less farmers um, from the Keldari up in the north area here. It seems like the Keldari are really doing their farming down in the south area. Um, there has still been some okay success over, you know, we're still holding on to Sugerento. Which is, which is cool, uh, making Tama a frontline system. Not a lot of activity happening inside of Tama though. Um, it is a frontline system, but I believe it's stable. Yeah, so it doesn't even have anybody flexing inside of Tama right now. Uh, but Tama, always known for its uh, fun times with pirates, which can make it really hard to try and hold down um, and do flexing inside of that system. Um, but it looks like the Keldari aren't having any problem keeping it stable either, so probably, you know, stuff going on in the background as always. Background that, politics. I know um, Goon Swarm, specifically Goon Waffle, has been down in the south a lot. They're actually in Hadeelis right now, uh, fighting back and forth, so I've been watching it go for like the last hour. It's like, we'll take a plex, they'll take a plex. But uh, yeah, we're also fighting that 77% advantage that Kaldari has it. So uh, it, it's rough. This will be a rough one. And I think last podcast we were talking about Intergo was about to flip, and we never took it. So it is still under. Um, yeah, what's Intergal at right now? Let's take a look at that. So Intergal is sitting at a slight advantage for the Galente at 20%. Um, but uh, we only have it at 39.8% contested at this point. 
Um, Fliet, let's that's another stronghold of ours, is actually doing okay. 46.8% uh -huh. contested. Um, 43% advantage to the Keldar or to the Galente right now. Um, Devon has been holding strong for the uh, Keldari. Um, we do have a slight advantage, 20% advantage right now in that system. 26.9% contested. So we've been trying to push that system for. I feel like Devon Fliet Frontline has been around for what? Five I think that's months? Whole, Yeah, almost since this whole war started, I think. Uh... At least half of the since they did the faction warfare change, there's been just uh, battle back and forth with those systems. Yeah, I believe that there's that's been where a lot of fun has been happening. Um, the Devon system has been a lot of uh, a lot of Kaldari living there, holding down that system. Um, yeah, there was a short time where I believe we had Devon Nagamenin, uh, Hazmajala, like Oto, Sujarento, this like whole pocket up here up to like Tama we were controlling. We had Onasekin, um, this whole back area yeah. over here. And in that time though, um, the Northern War was not looking so good. Like all of this, because there was that major event that happened with this entire constellation over by Athenon. Um, and the Kaldari went super strong on that, uh, that event to get their gate built. Um, so they had taken this entire area here and held it, or they had had it that entire time since the beginning of the um, event. And we didn't push at all. And they were able to push for a while and it pushed us all the way back to uh, uh, Abinal. And that was, that was really rough for a while. Um, but Sedition really kicked it up. Uh, Young Puke and his group has been uh, really pushing lots of fleets out, kicking a lot of ass, taking a lot of names. I always like going out on their fleets, get some good kills with them. Um, a lot of fun definitely going on in this area. And there is a push by the Galente to try and formulate maybe more in the north. Although, I don't know, I, I really like living out of Yvangir. I don't think I'll ever stop truly living out of Yvangir. Um, because I've got a lot of stuff there. It's you know, fairly close to Jidda with like 10 jumps to Jidda or 10 jumps over to Dodixie to easy, easy to get supplies in over there. Um, we've got our fabulous gate camper of, uh, of a man, the solo gate camping Gwenevik Kenyon that loves to just sit there with uh, Steve will, you know, hang out there as well and do gate camping. So we've been doing a lot of living in, in Yvangir for, for a couple of years now um, I believe just before it was like six or seven months before the big uh, changeover for the uh, faction warfare system that we decided to move to Yvangir it seemed like a good high sec connection um, low sec system that could never get flipped um, now one thing is is if Adelis does get flipped it won't prevent us from docking there um, so we'll, we'll always be able to dock in Old Man Star, we'll always be able to dock in um, Hadili's, but we won't be able to set our home base to Hadili's, if I understand that correctly. Yeah. And so that can be a pretty rough one. Um, but I'm thinking maybe of setting up some, uh, some beachheads up in the north and go hang out and do some fleets with uh, Young Puke and those guys. 
um, for sure, but um, I don't think we'll ever be moving the headquarters of uh, Golden Age Stories, at least. We'll always be down in the south by Yvangir and Hadili's here. Um, and I know Hungary has a lot of uh, another corporation that's part of uh, the network. And they've got structures in Hadili's and, you know, Aboon and Seekin. Um, there's a lot of really good infrastructure that we've built up there. Um, so I'm not sure if, uh, you know, abandoning the south is the, the best idea per se. Um, now I do have uh, some ships up in the north, um, but I think just like you, I've been more, more focused down in the south. It's where a lot of my industry is done. Um, and it's where a lot of my storage is done, where my large, you know, ship lockers are, are in the south. So, um, yeah, the yeah, logistics to the north is is harder. I yeah. find for me personally to get a good amount of stuff up north. Um, and I don't know, have you been to Intaki since the shipcaster has been created there? Uh just just to see what it was, just to get an actual physical look at it. But as far as hanging out there or testing the markets or anything like that, I haven't done any of that. But, um, I mean, that would be nice if they did have a good market there that, you know, we, I mean, if I can get ships into Abinal from three jumps away instead of seven or ten, um, that'd be great. And, I mean, uh, I'm not even sure how far it is from Jita, but uh, logistic-wise of being able to get uh, goods... <laughs> You know, into that war zone. I think that's the only real thing that's kind of held me up right now. I know Stockman has a, a decent market for the most part, but um, they don't have everything. It's, yeah, it's not everything. It's hard to do mass buys. A lot of my stuff is where I want to buy, yeah. like, you know, 30 of this fit. Or, you know, I need uh, right. a bunch of, you know, all this different, you know, stuff that is just a, a stock a pile of stuff that I want to buy all at one point um, you know it's not as easy so I believe that Intaki does have a high sec connection that you can get to now so you because it used to be you know a low sec surrounded by low sec but I believe a new a, a gate there kind of similar to the uh, Athenon gate. Um, was created there, so instead of us getting a gate to Athenon, we got a gate um, to Intaki or something, or maybe that was already part of the plan, because making Intaki the shipcaster and kind of like Galente headquarters and making it going from a, a low-sex system to turning it into a high-sex system... Um, I don't know where what CCP was thinking with that. They should have made Yvangir oh. our <laughs> That's uh, what I think. And I wonder if it had a uh, historical significance to it. Um, there is history and, and a lot of role-playing. Yeah. There is a lot of role-playing there. Um, are you familiar with like the stories of Intaki and stuff like that? Like the... Yeah, I've read some of them, but my memory sucks, so... Uh... Yeah, it had to do with, no, like, I... you know, basically like Intaki trying to break away from the Galente, and there's been, like, a lot of a lot of history that goes into there one of the, the people that you can pick from are I believe in I think I'm my character is from Intaki technically 
recently. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of history and stuff that goes into Intaki. So I understand it from like a role-playing point of view, but a logistical point of view, it's in a rough spot. Like like you said, there's Stackmon that's kind of nearby. You know, a little bit farther away is Dodixie. Um, but both of those trade hubs are not as good, of course, as Jidda. And it's quite a bit away from that. And then the Keldari, they have their ship caster over here in Anaman, um, which I believe is not that far from Jidda at all. Very easy way for them to, for their players to get to Anaman. No. Have a good logistical route to, you know, set themselves up in uh, Jidda and move stuff over. Um, and just, I mean, even I'm using, you know, out of... Uh, out of faction warfare characters in order to do a lot of my logistics since I am kind of a dirty pirate um, and I'm also not allowed in you know Jitta at all as my main character um, but even with that though you know I'm trying to target that's the reason why I live out of Yvangir is because it's you know only like 10 jumps away all high sec um, although the the route does take you through um, what the hell is the uh super dangerous 0 0.5 system um, while the gankers live. Uh, Yadama? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that is a little bit of a danger route. I have I have lost a ship, um, uh, a hauling ship, a uh, deep space transport to the gankings of uh, that system, so... Yeah, I did have my Mastodon with a uh, pretty decent load in it, and someone actually got a, a scanner on me, but uh, I never took any fire from anybody, thank God, because <laughs> I, I don't think I could have afforded to lose that, that shipment. But uh, I do that at a cloaky jump, so uh, even even through the high sack. Just one to practice and stay good at it. Yeah, it looks like there's a battlefield going on right now in Nenemelia, um, and the Keldari look like they have the ability to jump to Nenemelia right now, and it doesn't look like they can jump to anything else for their ship caster. So they have one system, so it's not random. You will you will jump directly to Nenemelia. You will pass go. Um, the Galente actually, and I'm surprised to see any of these like things stay up at all. Um, we do have OICX is uh, where you can jump to right now for the Galente. Um, these things have low hit points. It's easy to kind of reinforce them. Um, and really easy to gate camp them too. So I haven't even used the ship caster since it's kind of come online. But uh, it's unfortunate because I think it's kind of a cool idea. Um, but I just, for me personally, I can't go to a high sex system uh, and live out of a high sex system. It's just impossible uh, with the amount of pirating activity that I have to do. Yeah. I guess I don't have to be a pirate. I like to be a little bit of. I'm a privateer, you know, hired out by the Galente to murder Keldari for them. And if some poor newbie comes along my way I guess I'm just gonna have to murder them too oh, it's all about content and good fun yeah but yeah I try not to do too much of that with uh, Nightflyer I try to keep try to keep his security stats pretty good um, Mango she'll 
uh, she's fine. <laughs> That's why Mango's part of Golden Age stories. Uh, there you go. Yeah, hers uh, aren't isn't quite as good. We are a low sec group. If you can't handle that, you shouldn't be. But I did recently trade up diplomacy for her, though, just for some of the other help like, it out a little bit. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured I'd take care of that advantage of that. So. So we do have some other news about some uh, stuff that's going on outside of uh, faction warfare. Um, with some of the with some of the stuff that's being shouted out by the people these days. Uh, well, the big news right now is going uh, is is coming up on CSM eighteen. Our uh, our uh, player representatives for CCP. Uh, the new elections are coming up. Usually they're done in May, but they've changed the dates. And they're actually going to make the announcements of the winners at FanFest this year. So, Oh, yeah. Um, yep. So well, FanFest is coming up pretty soon here. I'm yeah. really excited to go to that. Um, uh, applications, I think, start uh, October, I want to say August 1st. Yeah, I and believe it's August 1st is what I remember. 1st to the 15th, so about two weeks. Then they'll, within days, we'll have the actual people who are running. Um, we'll, you know, uh, we'll be in their campaigns and then yeah they'll have the elections in september yeah i think yeah i think that there's some changes too that they did um that there's now going to be so it's 10 people that get uh voted in and then the top 11 to to 20 ccp is going to pick two of them and they're going to be on the council as well i believe now is what i heard yeah, yep, that's what I read too. So they'll be handpicked by CCP, but we'll have all the same voting powers as everybody else. Yeah, but it's they still have to make it into the top twenty in order to to do that. And you know, apparently, with the the amount of people that are applying usually to this, that's not an easy thing to get just easily into the top twenty. Um, and you know, I mean, CMS is one of those where if you want to be on it, you probably need some coalition backing to a certain degree um, that yeah. helps out a lot um, and you know I've, I've been thinking about it uh, to a small degree to be honest but I don't think I I think I would do it just for the fun of, of running if I did do a run this year um, and then you know try and get out there and do some talking and stuff like that um, but without you know a strong coalition backing it would be really hard um, for I think a faction warfare, you know, kind of smaller group guy like I am, in order to be able to get in there. But you know, you never know. I mean, Alec, I don't know if when he was on CMS, when what kind of backing he had to get in order to get on there. I know that being a mercenary, you know, group is something that's kind of unique and cool to Eve Online, um, and that you know that can help with being the voice of the mercenaries. Yeah, I'm not sure what his political pull on all of that was, but uh, I, I think the CSM is one of those things that I think I would, I'd like to be able to do. Like, I wish I had the physical knowledge in my head that would allow me to be a good representative of Eve instead of uh, sucking at this game as I do. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I would rather have that than actual be on the CSM. It seems like a lot of homework, um, <laughs> the guys I talk to. Uh, it's a lot of work. It yeah. does seem like a lot of work. So, um, but yeah, it's it's still interesting how many people actually get into the CSM and then 
really don't do anything. Don't take part in anything. Don't do really anything. Like they they rant, got in, and they're like, "All right, I did that. Now I'm like done." So, <laughs> I won. All right, now I'm done. <laughs> but as far as uh, CCP picking people for the CSM, I think that's great because um, uh, what's her other name? The uh, the faction warfare CSM. Uh, I know she dysnomia is one of her characters. Uh, I can't remember her name off the top um, of my um, head, yeah, but I she guess. knows who she is, <laughs> and she because she was like uh, number eleven by you know in the thing, and so it would have been great to get her in that council, but she uh, actually got her spot onto the council two years ago, I think, um, from somebody who had made it to CSM, didn't do anything, and then like quit, and so they asked her to fill in, and she said yeah, and then she picked up a, her election for this year, but. Um, I think she's one of those things that CCP was kind of looking at going, yeah, we really could use her, especially with what we have planned for the game. And it would have been nice to have her input a little bit sooner. But Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how, how things go this year. Um, there are some other things that are also um, on the horizon here. We got a, a new ship uh, that's coming. What can you tell us about this new ship? Uh, well, it's going to be a pack a a pirate faction uh, ship. Uh, it's going to be a destroyer. Um, looks like the Garissas, the Angels, are coming together with a Korax-based um, pirate destroyer. So I don't know if it'll carry the name the the Guri Mullicans Mullicum that were in the recent uh, uh, in-game thing that uh, we are doing over. Uh, a couple months ago, but yeah, so it's a uh, destroyer based on the Korax. So that is, uh, you know, it's a missile rocket ship, and I'm not sure if it's going to be something that's kind of a mixture between the Stork and the uh, and the Korax, or what it would really be doing special. Yeah, there's a lot um, of speculation out there whether it's going to be maybe like can't command destroyer like, or if it's going to be an interdiction or an interdictor type kind of setup, or is it just going to be, you know, a drone boat? You know, a standard Garista kind of specialized in drone boat kind of activity. Um, maybe it might have some Garmer, um, acti you know, uh, kind of bonuses. Um, maybe something that would be cool to have, like a destroyer with a really long point. Um, maybe something that can take a little bit more of a hit than a, uh, than a Garmer can. But not be as, like, speed-based. Maybe a little bit more damage, long point. Kind of based. Well, we do know it'll be effective, um, as most of the pirate ships are. Not so much in faction warfare, but in general. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be pricey. So uh, those two things I can tell you right off the top of my head. I Absolutely. Know and I'm interested to see because it sounds like then we're going to get a, a run of. I mean, if the Garistas are getting one, then all the other pirate factions are going to get a destroyer too. I bet you know. And this is just the tip of the iceberg for that. Yeah, that's been the the talk I've heard. Also, um, not quite sure what the what Sancha and the Blood Raiders will do, um, or the Serpentis, but um, I think everybody's kind of excited if we did have that line of ships. I think it is something that's been missing from the game. Uh, yeah, pirate destroyers would be cool. I like it, <laughs> but. Yeah, again, they're they're not used in faction warfare because you can't get pirates into plexes. So unless something in that changed, well, outside the opens, but opens um, and advances. Yeah. So 
you know, maybe as far as that goes. But even as the destroyers, I, I I'm like like quickly not becoming a fan of destroyers. I'd rather just either stay in a frigate or go into a cruiser. I, I don't know. Uh, anything solo anyway. Solo for sure. Um, yeah, and really, I think the destroyers, destroyers kind of are in a weird, weird spot for it because they're just not fast enough for the the frigates, um, but not tough enough to take down a cruiser. So uh, yeah, exactly. So it's in a in an odd spot. It is hard to really hold down. Um, like I've been messing with the Arty Thrasher. It is a fun, um, you know, little ship, but definitely. Um, has some disadvantages to it overall that uh, you know make it a little bit easier to be in a frigate for mobility and you know just speed wise you know you're a little bit faster as that frigate kind of set up so uh, but the I do like the you know maybe we'll get some I do like some of the navy destroyers that that came out you know I think that there's definitely some room there especially for like fleet combat and stuff like that it's kind of nice to get like yeah. three or four or five of them together you can really dish out a bunch of damage like i do like uh you know getting a bunch of blaster um navy uh cormorants out together and you can i mean you can dish out like two three four thousand dps with a small group of people and just face plant people and still have a decent tank um, on top of that so but yeah and I, again in fleets I like them but um, I'm just quickly I've been losing a lot of my destroyers when I go solo so I'm not using them solo too much anymore so we have any other news about uh, what's going on out in the EVE Online universe before we wrap things on up here uh, just something I was a uh, tool I used, third-party tool uh, was uh, Eve Prazel. Um, oh yeah, third-party yeah. tool where uh, you could download what you have in stock and see what the cost or, or value of that would be in Jita. And um, I guess uh, the guy that's been running it just hasn't been in the game for a while, and it's just been doing it for the sake of kind of doing it. Um, FCP and Eve Online has changed their ESI API. Um, a lot of tech nerd stuff there. So, uh, yeah, I guess he just said, "Hey, since uh, it just kind of needs to all be redone, and I don't want to do it, I'm just going to kind of step away." So, and I thought like low sec buyback used Eve Prazel a lot for their stuff, but I guess they brought their appraisal system in house. What I can check, I, I don't really use. Uh, high sec buyback or low sec buyback, but um, yeah, but it, it's been a long time third party tool that's been in the, the system. I said I, I've kind of used it on and off throughout the three years I've been playing, and um, yeah, they're just he's he's done, had enough. Yep, so yeah, he uh, since since CCP changed up their API and he's not playing Eve anymore, I mean, that makes sense. Um, I do know that we've got a lot of uh. Uh, people that are looking into like trying to clone it and there was a clone that I saw out there on, on Reddit at one point um, but if they're having the same API issue I'm sure you know if it's just a straight up clone then it's they're going to have that problem with the API um, so there needs to be some modifications that need to be made up there is what's the other site that people uh, it's, like a, it's like a name of somebody or something like that uh, Fuzzy Works appraisal tool 
think is something else a lot of people use if they're not using that. Um, Janus. Janus, yeah, that was the one yeah. that I was, I've been hearing about. Um, yeah, that'll be yeah. Uh, interesting to see what kind of rises up in place of that. I mean, if the person's not playing Eve anymore, um, you know, there's going to be problems with keeping up to date, you know, and it's understandable that uh, they don't want to change their code and CCP wants to change theirs. So, you know, that's... I get it. Inevitable. It's, yeah, and it's got to be hard. Any anytime you're not enjoying or part of something that you're involved with, it makes it a lot less enjoyable. You know, I've had to let some things go as I've gotten older. Things I've done for decades, um, I just kind of gave it up. And you know, sometimes you just kind of have that time. But yep. again, if you and I were playing Eve online, like as we do, uh, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. So I get it. It makes sense to me. Hey, not sure who I am. Uh, there is another Eve appraisal out there. Um, Goons has one also. So yeah, there's. I mean, there are independent ones, and we like we were just saying with uh, Janice and Fuzzy Works. Um, there are other ones out there that you can go out and check out. But uh, Eve appraisal was like the number one like go to, uh, at least in my world. That definitely was something that. Uh, we used all the time for for different things so yeah my first six months into the game and i when i was doing industry and stuff a lot um that was just one of the the things i you know made a a bookmark for right away so yeah i remember when i first heard about it i was like oh that's awesome um i used it a lot when i was doing uh ganking back in the day high set ganking where we would scan the contents of a you know ship when it undocks and we would take a look at it oh we got an 85 undocking from dodixie we'll get a scan off on it throw that into eve appraisal and it's like oh that's worth a billion isk yeah we'll throw two battle cruisers at that and uh you know toast them so that we can just two shot or one shot the uh the poor little guy coming right out of dodixie and um you know, swoop in our hauler, go pick it up. We made a lot of decent amount of cash just by being able to quickly do that. Um, so a lot of, um, you know, may, may Eve appraisal, rest in peace, but absolutely there is a lot of um, different tools out there that are still doing that. Um, new ones, you know, room for new ones to kind of come up and rise up out of the ashes of Eve appraisal to become the uh, go-to Eve appraisal type uh system so dj yeah. darth vader oh my god we have a dj that's darth vader i would love to see darth vader djing i would pay just even if it was like not the greatest dj but he was up there with a, a D, with a darth vader outfit like i would pay to watch that so <laughs> not sure who i am says i think i've been there ever since i can remember <laughs> yeah I think it's been there. Sorry, ever since I could. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I definitely, when I learned about it, it had been in existence for a while. Um, I don't even remember when I first started using. Many, many, many years ago. So, well, and he's open source the uh, his program. So if anybody wants to go on GitHub, they can. Uh, he'll let you have it. So, but it yeah, it looks like most of the 
these appraisers as I'm looking through them are using at least a similar uh, program for it. So even uh, high buyback looks pretty much the same as um, of the Eve Tycoon. I think it's uh, it looks like the same thing loads up. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know like you said, there it's out there for you to be able to see the code, manipulate it, get the API working properly for mm -hmm. CCP. So um, it's a loss, but it's not uh, you know it's not a destruction to Eve. You know, it's not uh, something that is not irreplaceable. Uh, fortunately, because uh, that that is a really great tool and. A lot of people use it for a lot of different reasons. Some of them nefarious, like myself, and some people for very legit, good, you know, solid reasons. So, um, but I think that's all that we've got here for today. So yeah, Galente a little bit on their back foot in the south now. Uh, north is uh, really looking solid for us, um, and lots of fighting to be had in the Galente war zone. Um, if you're interested in joining up with the war effort, go ahead and throw in an application to Golden Age Stories in-game. Um, you can always watch us live on Twitch every Sunday at 2200 Eve time. Um, that's 5 p.m. Central time. We started a little bit late today. Um, I just got back from a camping trip, so um, ended up uh, leaving the campsite a little bit late. We had uh, a little bit of rain out that we had on Saturday, so it was a little slow going, you know, bones are aching when I woke up <laughs> tent camping in a little bit of a, a moist camp. So, <laughs> um, but uh, if you missed the show live, you can always uh, watch the recording on our podcast, Federation Frontline Report, which you can find that on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or pretty much any other podcasting platform out there. Um, you can always check out our website, federationfrontline.com, for more information on our alliance, our podcast, and friends of the show, as well as some stuff on EVE Online. So thank you all for watching, and have a great day. Hey, good night, everybody. <laughs>